This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Mike Calstrip and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. How's everybody doing today? You guys doing good? Hey, uh, I want to start off by perfect. It's working. Don't you love it when things work? Oh, man, I was, well, was kind of concerned there at the very beginning with Aaron's announcements. It's like, I don't know if this is ever going to happen here. So, uh, But I want to I first start off by just thanking everyone. Um, uh, maybe you weren't here last week uh, because of the holidays, but I want to thank everyone just for uh, your, the cards, the gifts, and, and, and uh, the generosity that you showed to myself and my wife and our staff and, and the team. Uh, we feel loved and appreciated here at Fellowship by the by, uh, the congregation. And so I just want to thank everybody for that. Uh, another thing I want to do is I want to thank you guys for just the love and the prayers that you guys have been praying for the Petty family. Uh, many of you guys know that uh, the Abbey, uh, we had a celebration for life yesterday. Pastor Mike did a wonderful job sharing uh, about her life and we just honored her and celebrated her life. Two people, I believe it was two, uh, gave their heart to Christ uh, in that service. And so it was just uh, really, really uh, cool to see that take place and and so I just encourage you uh, just to continue to pray for that family, uh, you know, in these days and weeks to come when you guys are in your time of prayer and devotion or, or if maybe they come to your mind, just, just take the opportunity to pray for them, you know, because that's what family's about. Family's about loving one another, uh, supporting one another, and, and believing God for just strength in this time and comfort in this time and peace in this time, amen? So join, join us in doing that. And then, then finally, I just wanna thank you for just your generosity in 2023. Uh, we had the privilege to be able to sow over $100,000 into the kingdom of God. I think that is a, a ground for a round of applause for everyone in this family. That's good, man. It's about kingdom business, about sowing and, and, and sowing into his kingdom and seeing people reached with the message of Jesus Christ. And uh, this new year, I'm expecting more, more, right? More in 24. You know, how many of you guys, every year it's like there's, you got this like cliche uh, saying. And so like, I, I found myself saying more in 24. I'm like, don't you dare. Don't you dare say that out loud in a sermon. Name, your, name the sermon of your, you know, sermon that title. We're not doing that. But, but if you guys want to say more in 24, that's fine. Um, that is not the, the message of my title uh, of my title of my message today. But uh, I just want to thank you guys for your generosity because uh, generosity is what defines us. Amen. You know, we're not called to be stingy. We're not called to be people that that are about self. We are called to give. Right. God so loved his, the world that he what gave right? And so as people that have been given to, we ourselves should give. And so I just want to thank you guys for, for that. And, uh, uh, we've got some great things planned for this coming year, just outreaches and different things. And it's through generosity that we have the ability to do that. That's what I love about this church. We don't have to, we don't have, to have special fundraisers. We don't have to do special things, you know, to, 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 uh, to make it happen. No, people honor God. They make a decision to honor God and be generous with their giving. And so we just have what it is that we need. We, we have the ability in, uh, uh, to have a savings account that when a, when a, a need comes up, we can uh, uh, bless that need, amen? And so it's through people like yourselves that are generous, and so I just wanna thank you guys for that. So um, how many of you guys have gotten the new year off to a great start? You guys got all of, your, uh, all of your goals written out, you're well on your way, you've cut the calories and you're back in the gym and you're doing all those things. <laughs> Anybody? A few of you. Okay, well, so it's a slow start. You know, last week was, uh, was New Year's Day, so we're gonna give you guys some, some mercy and grace in that. I, I thought I would share some things that I, I came across that was kind of interesting, some, new, some funny New Year's traditions. I've never heard of these. And uh, one of them is, is that people will actually eat black-eyed peas on New Year's Day. Does anybody in here do that? That is the goofiest thing I've ever heard. They do it for luck. They say it's like, it's, it's like a luck thing, and so they'll, I, I, I don't like peas or any kind of vegetables, so it just kind of like takes it out for me, you know, so. Uh, so yeah, um, in the Philippines, this is kind of funny, they wear, they wear polka dots, uh, and, and because they say that it brings good luck to their new year. So did anybody wear polka dots on New Year's Day? Maybe the people that, that ate black-eyed peas? I don't know. Um, <laughs> In Brazil, they wear white. 
and in some cultures, they eat fish because fish only swim one direction. Isn't that funny? Like the, the, the you get it, you know, I don't know, never mind. <laughs> they think that if they eat fish on that new day that it's like fish only swim in one direction, so it's like the new year's gonna be positive, it's gonna go in a positive direction. You know, these are just, it's just trying to light the mood, guys. Just, just go with me on this. Um, another one I found is really funny is, is in Brazil, they go around and they break dishes on their friends and their family on, on the porches and their driveways, and, and it's, it's supposed to be a sign of good luck, and the more broken dishes that you have on your step, the more luck you're gonna have in the new year. I think some of you guys should do that. Go into your local community and you know go to your neighbor and break your dishware. No, that's terrible, that's a terrible idea. Uh, and then finally, here's the last one. Uh, parents, you guys are gonna appreciate this one. In Greece, they, they onions, they, they sprout like unexpectedly, and so they hang onions around their house uh, because you know it's just a form of good luck and things like that, and then in the next morning, they take the onion and they beat their children with the onion to wake them up. <laughs> so that's kinda cool. I think I should do that this week just to wake up one of my kids. When, hey, it's time to go to school, you know, with, with an onion. You know, don't get a really big one. Get, get a, a small one where you can get some velocity on that thing and really, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, uh, you know if, you, if you fall into one of these, these things when it comes to the new year and uh, uh, those traditions, no judgment. There's a no judgment zone. But I am glad, I'm so thankful that I don't have to live my life. You know, my, my trust and my reliance is not based on, it's not based on luck. It's not based on, you know, some wise tale or whatever that, that is gonna make my new year better. No, I, my, mine, mine is based upon what? The word of God. It's based upon his promises, his word, his wisdom to me as a believer. And, uh, um, you know, and so today, I, I hope that you guys are gonna start off a new year and take notes, those that don't take notes, and so hope you, hopefully you grabbed a, a, a paper when you came in. Uh, but uh, listen, it's an opportunity to write something down. I've actually been, made a, a real point that, you know, when I go to prayer, make sure I got something to write with, something to write, you know, on a, on a notepad, or even when I go to a place of devotion where, where it's like, there's an expectancy there and, and the other side of it is, how many of you guys know you forget? Now, now listen, if you're shaking your head like, no, I don't forget. No, you forget. You forget. And so it's important to write these things down because, man, God has something for you. He has something for you. And so uh, uh, just come expecting for something this morning. Amen? And so I want to start in Proverbs 4. You guys remember uh, this, the chapter of Proverbs where it talks about uh, wisdom. And it's talking about a father's wisdom. And I don't want to read the whole chapter. I would encourage you to go back and read the whole chapter. But I just want to take some things from this chapter to kind of uh, springboard off into some other things that I want to talk about when it comes to our lives in the word of God. You know, uh, Proverbs 4 really talks, starts talking about wisdom and, and knowledge and how we need to take wisdom and we need to follow his commands and we need to, to get wisdom and we need to develop wisdom and we need to not turn our back on wisdom. How many of you guys have ever turned your back on wisdom? I have in my life. It's like, okay, I, I, did, I did something that I shouldn't have done. That was not wise, you know, but, but we're encouraged in this chapter to not turn our back on it. Why? Because wisdom brings protection to our lives. And so we're encouraged throughout this chapter to get wisdom. Why? Because it is the wisest thing that we can do. Another thing that we can also do is, is not only get wisdom, but we can prize wisdom. What's that mean? It's like your prized possession. How many of you guys have a, a prized possession? Maybe it's a prized gun or a, a, a something in your home that that's it's no, you know, these guys that are gun, gun lovers, it's like all of my guns are my prizes, right? But so I don't know, there's something in your life that prizes, but, but Proverbs is encouraging us to prize wisdom, the wisdom of God. Not the wisdom of man, no, the wisdom of God. What it is, and, and I think that that kind of goes back to what it is that I was saying before is, is that if we go to his word and we're gonna write something down, why? That, that tells God that I prize your word. 
It's important to me. I honor it. I know that it's, it's what's going to set me free. It's what's going to change my life. It's what's going, going to transform me. And so why, why do we need to do all this? Because it's, it, the Proverbs tells us that it, wisdom, and when we do these things, it will make us great. I don't know about you, but I want my year to be great. How many of you in here want your year to be terrible? No. I got some of you. You guys are like getting ready to raise your hand. And I said, terrible. No, there's nobody in here that wants your world to be terrible. But how many of you guys want your world and your new year to be great? Anybody in here? I would say that I would hope every hand in here goes up that, the, that you want your year to be great. And so, you know, if we're honest, we want it to be successful. We want to be more successful as moms and as dads. We want to be more successful and have a great year as husbands and wives in our marriages. How many of you guys want to, you know, uh, your kids to, to, to be successful and have a great year? And I think that as a parent, we have to help to facilitate that. We got to help to guide them in that. And so it's, it's imperative that we do a good job. We do a better job. We, we step in where we need to step in and, and believe where we need to believe. And so we want that in every, every area of our lives, but sometimes I think that when we, we look back, you know, if we look back on 23, there were aspects that were, were not great, right? There were things that maybe didn't uh, go up to the standard of living or a standard of thinking that we have, and, 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 and that happens, you know, but I think what happens sometimes is, is that in that, when, we, when, we, when those expectations are not met, I think sometimes it's like it leaves us kind of low. Like, like when we come into a new year, it's like, ah, you know, whatever, man. I've heard that goals thing so many times before, you know, and it doesn't seem to work, and so what's the point? And, you know, so, so you can find yourself with this attitude that it's like, you know, I'm okay. You know, and so you're, you're, kind, of, you're kind of indifferent to Greatness. You're kind of indifferent to what it is that, that God really wants to do in your life. But I, I'm here today to tell you that if you're in that position, it's okay. It's, it's okay. And, and because I think that the enemy has deceived you into thinking that there's not more, that there is no hope. That, 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 that those things that you desire can't come to pass. But I'm here today to encourage you that it can. It can. And you're going to see that in the word. And I think that that's all you really need is you just need some encouragement. You need a reminder. How many of you guys have ever needed a reminder in your life? My, my wife reminds me every week about how I need to pick up my things. You know, I need that every week. And I think sometimes, you know, we need reminders in our lives, reminders of his goodness, reminders of his hope, reminders of his promise in our lives, amen? And so if you find yourself indifferent, it's okay. Some of you might be a little more, you might be level up and be a little optimistic. Some of you guys might just have the whole list done. You're the overachiever. You got the list of goals and you just know what you're doing and you're already back there and you're already doing what it is that you need to do and, and you're just like the overachiever. You kind of make the rest of us tired. <laughs> But I just want to remind you, you know, that no matter where you find yourself, you remember in uh, 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 Isaiah 42 and 43, Israel had had, in chapter 42, Israel had been kind of in a spiritual decline. They had kind of turned their back on God and, and the things of God, and they had, had had some failures and many shortcomings. They'd feared, they'd lacked, you know, trust in him. But he showed them mercy, if you go and you read that story. And, and he reminded them of his promise. And God told the people, I'm going to do something new in your life. You know, we prayed that this morning because, because what that tells me is, is that, yeah, you might be thinking, well, that's just Israel. No, that's, that's the heart of our Heavenly Father. He wants to do a new thing in your life. The God that we serve is a, a God of new things, a God of new promises and, and, and new, new, new ventures in life. And we have to believe that. We have to accept that. You know, and, and I think that sometimes like the children of Israel, we get to that place where it's like, oh man, I, missed it, I messed up and I can't do it. And, but God's like, no man, you can do it. And, 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 and just come with me and believe again that I want to do a new thing. And, and we just need a reminder of that. New things, uh, new things are not bad. You know, new things that we do in life are not bad. Do you know that? It's okay to do new things. I mean, there's times in my life where it's like, I'm just gonna do something new because I'm tired of doing the old thing. There's this, these signs that they have up in the northern, air, northern part of the country, like in Alaska and different places, where it says that to pick your rut because you're gonna be in it for the next 100 miles. I don't know about you. I don't wanna be a rut 
for a year. I don't want to be in a rut for five years. I don't want to be in a rut in 10 years. Why? Because that's, it, it's, it's old. It's stagnant. It's not, it's not the life of God, man. And so we have to embrace this idea that God has something new for our life in this new year. It doesn't matter what's gone on in the past. The ma- what matters is, are you going to choose to embrace the new thing that he wants to do in your life? New things can be challenging. New things can be challenging to our flesh that we don't want. Maybe it doesn't work with our time. Maybe it doesn't, you know, fit how what it is that we desire. But I'm telling you what, if we'll just, you know, yield to what it is that God wants to do in our lives, he can take us to places that we never dreamt of. He can do things in us and through us that we never dreamt of. We can't restrict him by our small thinking. And so I, want, I don't know about you, but I want, I want new in my life. I want new and greater, new thinking, new, new believing, new, new ventures, new things, because that's what God has for me, and that's what he has for you. You know, Jeremiah 29, he has good plans to prosper, to give you hope and a future. And God's wisdom, guidance, and principles work. And when we work those things, when we apply those things to our lives, it makes our life great. And so I wanna, I wanna pick a few more things out of Proverbs here and then, and then we'll kinda segue into something else. But look at this, in Proverbs 4, verse 10, look at what it says here. It says, my children, listen to me and do as I say. Still talking about wisdom. It says, and you will have a, a, a good long life. You'll teach, I'll teach you wisdom's ways. I'll lead you on a straight path. And when you walk, you won't be held back. How many of you guys don't want to be held back? Man, we want the year 24 to go well. And so wisdom's saying, listen, you won't be held back when you walk. When you, uh, uh, when you run, you will not stumble. And take hold of my instructions and do not let them go. Take hold. Take hold. You know, and I think when we go back to what it is that we talked about before, when, when there's a little bit of indifference in our lives, I think what happens is, is that we let go. We let go of that promise. We let go of that wisdom. We let go of that principle that God has in our lives. And, he, and wisdom is encouraging us, do not let go, hold on to my instructions, and then the next verse uh, says this, because to guard them, for they are the key to life the key to life. Hey, do you guys have that picture that I, the, the picture of goals? You guys have that? Or no? It's a black one with pictures? It's okay if you don't. The, you know, the thing is, is that the, that the world, they, they did this study and they had all these different things with, with uh, um, um, you know, the goals in life. Like one was to get healthy, one was to start eating right, one was to lose weight, one was to gain, you know, uh, uh, you know get better in finances, and you, you know, all of the typical things that, that go on. But what it's saying here is saying, listen, above all else, guard your heart, for out of it flows the issues of life. Actually, that's not what it all, uh, that's not what it says at all. You guys are like, what? I just skipped ahead in my mind, I apologize. <laughs> I'm just, gonna, I'm just gonna call it for what it is. I'm not just gonna blow past it like it didn't happen. I just blew it, okay? <laughs> Transparency, that's what we love. <laughs> okay, I just got a little bit off on that picture. You got it now? Okay, great, show it to him. To exercise more, 52% of people wanna exercise more. You know, 50% wanna eat healthy, lose weight, save more money, spend more time with family and friends. All of these things on here are great. They're great, they're great things. But, 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 go back to what it says there in Proverbs 4. What? Wisdom. You know, spiritually speaking. Now I understand this is more of a secular, a secular picture and a secular idea of what the world wants. Their, their list of priorities. So, you know, holding on to wisdom is probably not gonna top the list. But man, as a believer, that's what it should be. Our, our lives should be one where we're holding on to uh, um, wisdom. Guard them, for they are the key to life. So in your notes, God's wisdom is the key to a great year. God's wisdom is the key. His principles are, are the key to a great and satisfying year in every area of your life. You know, the world is selling their key. They're selling it to the gym. They're selling it to the diet plan. They're selling all these things, you know, of how it is that, that you can reach the goals that you want to reach. 
You know, and I, and I think that goals are important. You know, the Bible talks about that we need to write, write the vision, we need to write things down. Why? So that we can run with those things and, we, and those are good. But, but we can't, we can't uh, uh, have an absence of the principles of God. They can't have an absence of his wisdom in our life because God's wisdom is the key. God's wisdom must take priority. We must take hold and not let go of those instructions because Jesus shared wisdom with us here uh, um, in regards to this in Luke 12, verse 29. Look what it says here. This is Jesus talking in the message version. It says, don't be so preoccupied with getting that you respond, uh, so so you can respond to God's giving. People who don't know God and the way that he works fuss over these things. Isn't that interesting? You know, so so here, here we see Jesus saying that the world fusses about all of these other things, but it goes on to say, that, that you know both God and you know how he works. But look what he said, steep yourself in God realities. What is that? That's kind of what we, it's what we read in Proverbs. Proverbs is saying, listen, don't let go, don't let go of the instruction, don't let go of the wisdom. Steep yourself in God's reality. Steep yourself in what God is up to, his initiatives and his provisions, amen? Is there more to that? Yeah, the end there is that we skipped over a few verses, but it says that the place where your treasure is is the place that you will most want to be and in the end and end up being. And in other versions, it says that where your heart is, where your treasure is, there your heart is also. And really what today is about is the heart. That's kind of where I'm getting to in all of this. I'm kind of taking a long journeying path to that place. But it's important to understand that God's wisdom, his instruction, his principles should have priority in our lives. And so where our treasure is, there our heart will be also. And so my question to you is, is, is what is it that uh, what you give your life to is where your heart is? What you give your life to is where your heart is. So my question to you in this new year is, where's your heart? And, and you might be thinking to yourself, well, I'm here. So you might think, oh, my, heart, my heart's good. I'm good, I'm good, right? But today I wanna look at some verses because it's, it's challenge, it challenges us and we need to be challenged. We can't just go through life and not be challenged and not allow his word to correct our course, to correct the way that we think, correct what it is that we do because we'll miss what it is that he has for us. And so I just wanna, I wanna go through some things to help you identify where your heart is because I believe that, that, that when we get our heart right, everything else falls into place. Our life falls into place and we'll see that as we go. And so what you give your life to is where your heart is. If you're giving your heart to your career, that's what your world will be. You will be successful, you'll go on, you'll do great things, you know, and, 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 and that's good, but it's not the whole thing. You know, you might be giving it to money and possessions and a retirement, and so you're, 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 you're giving your heart to that. If you were to, you know, in the privacy of your own time, you'd say that that's, that's where my focus is. It's not really on the things of God, it's just on this and this is what I'm doing and God's just a side thing. You know, it could be on exercising, getting into to shape and, and these things aren't bad. But what I'm saying is, is that if you're giving your heart to it, it's at the top of your priority list. Does that make sense? And, and, and it's not that, that those things shouldn't be on your priority list. I'm not saying that, right? I bought a, a pack of zebra cakes and I know I need to stop, okay? I'm sorry, I like zebra cakes. <laughs> but, but my point is, is that we have to make determinations as to what, where our priority list is, where things are at on it. Where, what are we giving our heart to? You know, when I was back in school, uh, I, was, I, I gave my heart to fitness. I was, I was in the gym every single day before I went to work and I'll never forget one time I am in the middle of a set and I'm looking in the mirror and I'm pushing with all my might and, and the Holy Spirit's like, what are you training for? And, and instantly I dropped the weight and I was just like, my God, I'm giving my heart to something that I shouldn't be giving my heart to. You know, you know what I mean? I'm not giving, I'm giving too much of my heart to something that, that I should be lower on the list. 
I need to be giving my heart to him. I need to be giving everything that I have. And so I just, I just took a time and I took a break and I cut that off. And, and I think that you see a lot of churches and, and a lot of believers right now, they're going into a 21-day fast. And, and, and really all that is, guys, is it's a reset. It's a reset of your priorities. It's helping you to see, okay, this, this has too much of my heart. And so I'm just gonna, I'm gonna, it's not that it's wrong, but I'm gonna cut it off for a while and, and so that it doesn't have a hold on me. And so what I did was, is in, in that time of my life, I just decided, okay, we're not, we're not going to the weight room anytime soon. And what I did is that time that I was going to the weight room, I went into my office at home before I went to work and I did some extra studying on some things, you know, and, and, and I allowed God to, to use me. I allowed myself to, to um, just, just, just gain some, um, I don't know, control, so to speak, in that area of my life where it's like, okay, Lord, I, I thank you for helping me with that. I'm gonna prioritize that a little bit lower. If anything's gonna give, it's, it's not gonna be my time with you. It's not gonna be time in the word of God. And so what are you giving your life to? And, and uh, you know, you just, I, I think that that's just something in, these, in the week to come that you just need to spend some time looking to him, looking to the Lord. Say, Lord, is there something in my life that's taking my more priority uh, uh, in my life that, that shouldn't be? Proverbs continues to tell us, uh, and I just want to glance over these, don't do, don't follow, don't think, and don't go what the world is doing, the wicked is doing, the way of the world. Don't do what the wicked are doing. Don't follow the way of the world. Don't think like everyone else thinks. Don't go the, the, uh, on the wide road that everyone else is going on. Proverbs 4.18 says it this way, that the way of the righteous is like the first gleam of dawn. How many of you guys are morning people and you watch the sun come up? A few of you, a few of you. I very rarely do. But when I do, I stand in my kitchen and I look out and I mean to tell you, man, it's pretty cool. When the sun comes up, that first gleam, it's just so beautiful, isn't it? It's just so beautiful. But can I tell you that your life as a righteous person, that's what your life should look like. Your life should look, it should look beautiful. And, and, and not only should it look beautiful, but it says that as you are righteous, as you do these things, your life grows brighter and brighter and brighter. Is it for your own benefit? No, man. It's for the people that are around you, the people that see you, and then you can share the love of Jesus Christ. Right, man? And it goes on to say, but the way of the wicked is total darkness. Nobody wants that. Nobody wants that. They have no idea what they are stumbling over. And so here's what we're gonna get to right here. Proverbs 4, the last part of this chapter. It says, my children pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully. So here he is, guys, 23 verses later. He's, the wisdom, the wisdom of God, the promise of God, he's still reiterating this fact. Hey, hey, you gotta get this. You gotta get, gotta get wisdom. Pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully. These are all key words. Do not lose sight of them. Let them penetrate deep into your heart for they bring life to those that find them, healing to your whole body. Guys, we could camp right here in these, in these three verses. There's things that you guys need. You guys need healing in your body. There's things that, but, but, but there's a discipline to what? When you say, when, when, when it says, let them penetrate deep, it's not, you know, it, it's gonna take some, some work. To, and and we're, we're gonna see that later, a little later, so I don't wanna get into that. But here, look, verse 23. Guard your heart above all else. And that's the title of today's message. Above all else. Above all else, wisdom is saying, above all else, guard your heart. Look at this. For it determines the course of your life. Or we could say, it determines the course of 24. Let's just shorten it. Right here, right now. This year. If we guard our heart, it says right here, it determines the course of this coming year for us. And so that's, that's the whole gist of what it is that I'm getting at today, guys, is that the condition of our heart is absolutely paramount to the success of this year for you. And, and so if, if you were willing to put in the work, just as people, you know, are, are I've read some statistics about these, these uh, these weight rooms, I mean, it is astronomical the amount of money that floods into them, and within four weeks, it's empty. 
you know? And people are putting all this time, energy, and effort, and I'm not saying it's bad. I'm not trying to bag on that because I'm eating way too many of those zebra cakes, all right? I got, I, I'm with you, I understand. But the, 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 the thing that I'm trying to get at is, is that my daughter just walked in and I lost my train of thought. I apologize. That just goes to show you that when people walk around, it's a little bit distracting. <laughs> Golly, man, that's like distraction number two today. Woo-wee. Okay, I'm okay. It's okay. New year. Too many zebra cakes. Anyway, where was I? Above all else, it determines the course of your life. So I know I'm skipping some stuff in your notes, and that's okay. So your heart condition determines your choice. Your heart determines your heart condition determines your course. You, your course, and my course for this year is determined by a condition of our heart. So what is your heart? Because what is in your heart will flow out into every area of your life. The NIV version of Proverbs 4.23 says, guard your heart above all else because everything you do flows from it. I get your attention. You got things flowing out of your life that you don't like? Guess what? It's a hard issue. If you want those things, and, and I, listen, I'm not perfect. There are things in my life that in this year I want to fix. And if those things are flowing out of my life, I have to understand that I can't just treat the, the symptom of it. I have to treat the root of it. I have to treat what, what, what is in my heart. What's causing that? What's, what's determining that? I have to go to the root of it. I have to determine what it is, and I have to get rid of it. Because why? Everything that flows out of me is a result of my heart condition. So what's in your heart? A simple indicator, this isn't in your notes, but you can make a note of it, that, that a simple indicator of what's in your heart is the words that are coming out of your mouth. You guys know that verse in Luke 6, 45. It says, what you say flows from what it is in your heart. What's coming out of your mouth is an indicator, an instant and simple indicator of what it is that you believe and is in your heart. And so, you know, there you go. But what I want to get to is this, the four conditions of the heart. You guys remember the parable of the sower in Mark 4. The parable is a natural story that illustrates a spiritual truth. And the parable of the sower was, was so important that it was in the Bible three times. Matthew, Mark, and Luke. I'd say it's important if he put it in there three times. But Jesus went on to say and make it this, it was kind of like an exclamation point to us as believers. And Jesus said that if we don't understand this parable, you won't understand any of the other parables that are in the Bible. So I would say that this parable is pretty important. Would you guys agree with me? I think so. And so the parable of the sower is about the reception of God's seed, right? It says that the sower went out to sow, you know, in those days, and that actually kind of reminds me of how my dad used to uh, plant grass, the grass whisperer, you know, before he had all the high-tech equipment where it would, you know, integrate it into the ground when he didn't have a lot of money. He just did it the old-fashioned Bible way, and that is a, a, a coffee can full of grass like this, you know, and you got to get the flip of the wrist. That's what they were doing in this parable of the sower. So I want you to understand the importance of this parable is it's not about the person. It's not about the sower. And in this case, like right now, I am the sower. And, 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 and what's so funny about this is, is that as, as people, we, we look to the person that's sowing. We look to the person and, 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 and we think, well, they're so cool. I like the way they speak. And, and we, we show preference because of, of outward appearance and we disregard the seed of God's word. The seed of God's word is what's being planted and spread. And so really, whenever the seed of, God, of God's word is going forth in any form or fashion, there is power to change. There is power to do something in your life. And so I just encourage you to not be held up. Don't be held up by the fashion or the, the way, no man, the seed of God's word is powerful and it will change. And so, moving on here, it says this in Mark 4, 3, because we wanna go through these four uh, hearts in this, in the, in, as I close here. Four, Mark 4, verse 3, it says, listen, a farmer went out and he planted some seed and he scattered it across the field and some of the seed fell on the footpath 
And the birds came and ate it up. And so number one, the number one heart condition is a hard heart. A hard heart. And, and really that's just, you know, when I think about a path, Will and I went on a bike ride and we just drove past this bike path the other night and Will's like, we need to go ride on that bike path again. And I'll never forget, we went down there, it was like hard as a rock. I mean, just solid, you know, and the gravel was kind of sh- shifted off to the side and it was, it was almost like cement. And it was in the time of the year when some seeds had fallen on that path. And can I tell you in that, I didn't ride very many miles. It was Will's fault. He didn't want to ride very far. Uh, actually, I just want to get back to town and get a zebra cake. But that's beside the point. Um, on that path, do you know that I never saw one plant growing up out of that path? Not anywhere. Now, off to the side, I did. But right in the middle of that path, there were seeds laying everywhere. And there was no, there was no plant, no little, no Nothing. And that's what happens to our heart. When we have a hard heart, there's a lot of traffic on our heart. There's a lot of things on our heart and it packs it hard like concrete. And, 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 and we, you can also think about the fact that that seed that is, that is thrown onto your life, the life of your life, if, you're hard, if your heart is hard, there is absolutely no chance for the word, the God's word, his seed to produce anything in your life, if your heart, if your heart is hard. Whoo-wee, struggling today. <laughs> uh, so, we have to be so careful to not allow our heart to become hard, to become calloused. You know, another thing I think about when it comes to this hard heart, I think about that it's resistant. That bike trail was resistant to any seed growing. So if there's any areas in your life, when it comes to the things of God, the promises of God, maybe there's even times in your life where you're sitting in a service and you hear somebody talk about some subject and inside there's a resistance. I challenge you that your heart is hard when it comes to that thing. I don't even have to name it because you know we all know what that thing is. Now, it could, be, it could have been born out of a hurt. It could have been born on, out of a, a, a letdown. It could have been born out of something that, that was legitimate, but the fact that your heart is hard is not legitimate, and, and Jesus made it very, very clear that if you allow your heart to become hard, you are going to restrict God's word in your life. And so we just have to ensure that we do not have a hard heart. In, in Acts 28, Paul had gathered a bunch of Jews together and he was trying to explain to them and testify of the kingdom of God, right? Matthew 6 and, and other verses, and actually we're gonna look at one, that says to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All the other things will be added unto us. And so this was really you know, what Paul was trying to get to, through to these, these Jewish people. He tried to persuade them. It said that he brought the book of Moses, he brought the, brought the book of the prophets. He was there from morning until night. And wouldn't you know it? They didn't believe him. They could not be persuaded. And look what it goes on to say. It says that they argued back so when you have a hard heart, you're resistant, you, you, you argue, you fight the, pro, the, the promise of God. Listen, if it's in the Bible, you really don't stand a chance. You know, it's like, well, I'm just, I don't, I don't believe that. I choose not to believe that part. Well, guess what? Your heart is hard when it comes to that thing. And I mean to tell you, if your heart is hard in one area, there's a good chance it's gonna flow into the other areas of your life and restrict the growth that you so much desire. But look what it says here. Paul says, go to this people and say. This, actually, this was a prophecy that I, Isaiah made. It says, go to this people and say, Here you will, uh, hearing you will hear and shall not understand. Seeing you will see and not perceive. And then the next verse says, for their hearts of the people had grown dull. Your heart can grow dull if you allow it to grow dull. I've told this story before. Worked in a granite counter shop when I was in uh, uh, Bible school. I did not wear gloves. And I'd, I, would, I ran the cut saw, so I'd throw these slabs up on a table and I'd grab that, that piece of granite with the edge of my fingers right here. And I, and I would do this, I did it for over a year. And now when my wife has a, a pimple or something that she wants me, I'm sorry. <laughs> 
I can't feel it. You're like, I feel this, feel this. No, I got nothing, got nothing. You know, so it's like the sensitivity in your finger, in my fingertips is gone. Because I, because I did not wear gloves, I didn't, I didn't protect my fingertips, and so now, that's what we have. Same thing is true in your heart. You can't, if you do not protect your heart, it can grow and become hard, just like it did with these Jewish people that, that Paul was trying to, to help. Jesus explained it this way, that Mark 4.15 rep- represents those who hear the message and only then son- Satan comes to take it away. So what I'm saying today is, is that you guys are sitting here today, like, yeah, that's good, yep, I don't have a hard heart. You know, and you get out here, the seed of God's word is being planted in your heart. He's saying something to you. But if your heart is hard, when you leave this place, Satan will come immediately and steal what it is that has been sown in your life. And so other seeds fell on shallow ground. This is the next one. And with with underlying rock. And the seed sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow. So number two is shallow in a rocky heart. A shallow heart in my mind equals a shallow life. A shallow heart in my mind equals a life that is not deep in the things of God. A shallow heart has equals underlying rock. It's interesting because I can remember my dad, anytime a hole needed to be dug when we were growing up, guess who was digging it? Not Greg, me. And he had these like clamshell diggers, you know, and it's like, and those things, if you've ever ran a pair of those, they are not fun, right? And you're sailing away and you're, like, you get a little bit down and dad comes over, is this deep enough? No, not at all, keep going. You know, and then you get to this place where you hit a rock and it's like a rock. And it's like, actually at first you don't know it's a rock. You're just like, man, I'm really getting weak. I need to, you know, work on my strength. And then you realize you kind of scratch, scratch that dirt off and there's a big rock there. And sometimes, man, those rocks can take up the whole hole. And like if you're putting in a fence and you want that pole to be right in a certain spot in a certain location, now, now the rock is in the road and you're, you're not gonna get that pole in there and you gotta move it off to the side. The same thing is true when it comes to the shallow and rocky soil. I think of it this way, that the, the rocks, these rocks and these boulders, what do they do? They fill up your heart. When rocks fill your heart, your heart becomes shallow. And so the seed, it it, it doesn't stand a chance. Yeah, it, it springs up for a little bit, but rocks, underlying rocks in my mind could be regret. They could be resentment. They could be bitterness. They could be things that, issues that just have never been dealt with that are a part of your life and, and, and they stay with you from season to season. Those are the rocks. These are the places, guys, though, that in our heart, if we allow these rocks and we keep these rocks in our lives, it hinders growth. It restricts growth. It keeps you, keeps that seed from going out, just like it keeps the, the shovel from going any deeper. The root of the seed is what, what, is what we desperately need for strength in our lives and, and, and for the growth in our lives. And so we just have to make a determination, man, I'm gonna remove these rocks. I'm gonna get rid of these rocks. I'm not sure why that's not in there. Yeah, I was looking at my notes this morning. I'm like, that's not the same version that I had. So I'm not sure what happened. But how many of you guys have ever gone up north, northern Iowa? When you go up to northern Iowa and you go to Minnesota, you're driving through the country and there's these piles of rocks. Have you guys ever seen those? Yeah. So, so if you drive up there sometime, you've got to look for them. It's like, what is that? That is a pile of rocks. Well, these rocks used to be out in the middle of the field. And these guys that are up there farming, when they, when they see one or they hit one and they break something, you can be assured, what? They're getting rid of the rock. You think they're just gonna keep on driving over that every year, breaking the disc and break? I think Grandpa's farm had some rocks on it. You talked about that. The, 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 and so Dad, I, as a kid, I know what he did. He probably just drove right over that rock. That's what I would have done with your disc. But anyway, <laughs> high gear, baby. <laughs> Wham! <laughs> Why is that disc broke? I have no idea, Dad. (laughs) But the thing is, guys, is that these rocks and a person of, of, of care, people that care about their equipment and people that want a good crop, what are they gonna do? They're gonna stop the tractor, they're gonna get off the tractor, they're gonna go get the rock, they're gonna put it on the thing. If, if it's not big enough and they can't carry it, they're gonna go get a skid loader, they're gonna go get whatever it is that they need, and they're gonna remove the rock. Yeah, there it is. I love it when notes come up. Remove the rocks. We gotta remove the rocks. 
And, and, and he wants to help you to identify and remove the rocks in your life. But guess what, guys? It's gonna take some work. I think sometimes we want, we, you know, we just wanna snap our fingers and we want somebody to you know, you know, pray for us and it just all go away. Well, guess what? It took you years to develop the rock that's in your heart. It may take some time. I'm not saying it has to take years, but it's gonna take some work. And, it, and it's just diligence, right? I mean, as a farmer, these guys that are up in Northern Iowa, it's just diligence. It's like, okay, well, you know what? There's a rock out there. We gotta spend a half a day and we gotta go out there and we gotta get that rock out of the ground. We gotta move it over to the pile. And maybe, there's, maybe you spend, maybe these farmers spend days going out there and gathering these rocks and putting them on the pile and getting them out of the soil. Why? So that they don't damage things and so that their, their, their crop produces something. Same thing is true in our heart. If we want the soil of our life, the soil of our heart to be good, we gotta make a decision, man. I gotta, I gotta get rid of some of these rocks. I gotta get rid of that unforgiveness. I gotta get rid of that resentment. I gotta get rid of how it is that I feel about that person because, because how you feel about that situation or that person, it's not even in, in, influencing them. It's not affecting them. It's affecting you. And it's making the, 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 the heart, your heart, the, the, the soil of your heart shallow. And so you just gotta make, you know what? I don't wanna do this anymore, I'm done. I'm gonna pick up this big boulder, I'm gonna dig this thing out if it takes, you know, and, and that's the thing, man, the more you get to digging, the bigger it might be. You're like, dear God, this is big, this is not a small thing, and so you just have to discipline yourself, say we're going deeper, we're, going, we're gonna get this thing out. We're gonna do what it takes, we're gonna write down the scriptures, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna do what it needs, what needs to be done to get this rock out of our lives, amen? And he'll help you, he'll help you do that. And so. Uh, the point is, is if there's a rock in your heart, it's hard and it's undealt with and you have to remove that rock. The third one is found here in verse seven. Other seed fell among the thorns. It grew up, choked out the tender plant so it did not produce any grain. And that is the thorns of life. The thorn, the thorny heart. Thorns are, they, they overtake right? Thorns are painful. They're, 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 uh, you know, we've been hunting before. It's like when they hit you, it's like, ow, you know, or those, you know, those burrs that you get on them. It's like, oh, you know, it rubs. I can remember uh, when I was young, younger and we, in the house that we grew up in, there was a farmer. He went out and he farmed this, this piece of property and he just neglected it. And I mean, I, over the course of time, these weeds grew up. I mean, they were eight foot, 10 foot, they were tall. Because I can remember, we would go hunting for, I mean, it was like a haven for pheasants. We would go out there and we're, you know, trying to like get through this and, and you know, dad's in front of me and the, the thing would come back up and whip me in the forehead. You know, I, it didn't even warn me. I mean, it was just like, <laughs> time and time again, it's like, oh, you know. And so you're, you're wading through this, I, I mean, I, I wasn't even carrying a gun. I'm like, why am I even here? You know, dad's trying to shoot and he's missing everything. And, and like, you know, we can't find the bird when it falls anyway. Why are we out here? We lost Uncle Ray and he's gone. I'll never forget though, man. I mean, his gun was like a 30 inch barrel and I, it did not even clear the top of these weeds. They were everywhere acres and acres and acres and acres of weeds but guess what it is good hunting but you don't want that stuff in your heart but i mean to tell you people got that stuff in their heart man and it's it's all up in their heart and it's whipping people in the face when they're walking and following them and living with them and it hurts and they're tired of it that wasn't even part of the illustration. That's amazing, an amazing illustration. You need to write that down. <laughs> but that's what happens in our hearts. Mark 4.18 says it this way. It represents those, 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 those thorns, those weeds, all that junk. It represents those who uh, hear the word of God, but all too quickly, the message is crowded out. Crowded out. Stand with me in this field. You can't see anything. You can barely see your dad. You don't even know where the dog is. And you don't know where Uncle Ray is. It's crowded. That's the way our heart is. It's crowded. Jesus said it's crowded out by, look, the worries of this life, the lure 
of wealth and the desire for other things. And what is the result? No fruit is produced. How many of you guys want? We asked, I asked you at the beginning, you want, your, you want this year to be great? What, greatness means producing fruit. But guess what? If we got weeds in our lives and it looks like that backfield behind my house, there ain't gonna be no fruit. There's not gonna be fruit produced. So number one is, well, actually this is, they're in your notes, I just highlight them, worries of this life. What are the worries? The worries are cares. I put it in there that cares is defined as a divided mind. So you might think to yourself, I am not a person that worries. I don't have a care in the world. I know people like that too. But listen, it's it's deeper than that. It's deeper, it's, it's, it's defined as a divided mind. So in our lives, when we, come, when we come through things and go through things, our mind can be, it can be divided. You know, I heard this great story about this young man who loved sports of all kinds, but he had a, a really bad accident, lost one of his arms, and so when he lost his arm, he thought that, his, that, that sports was over with. So what he did is he went looking for a new sport to play so that, that he could really do this, this love that he had in his life. And what he came upon was handball. And I don't know, I've never played handball, but handball is like a golf ball wrapped in leather. And you use your hand. I'm more of a, of a, of a um, I like a racket you know, but he liked this handball game. He got really, really good at it. He was so good that, that he won, he became the champion of his club. They sent him on to state. He won uh, state and then he was being interviewed by the local paper and the paper asked him this question. They're like, how is it that a guy with one arm can beat all of these other people with two arms? And he's like, it's simple, options. People with two arms have all kinds of options. They have a divided mind. So they're going here and they're going there and they're doing all these other things. This guy, he's got one, you know, when the ball comes off the wall, he's only got one arm and one hand to use to, do, to, to hit that ball. And so in our lives, if, if our life is divided, our mind is divided by all of these, these things in life and all of these different things, and, and what ends up happening? We have options. We go here, we go there, we do all these other things. And, and the way, of the, the way of the world and the way of those, we got we to we sucked into that. When in reality, we, we got to stay in our lane with the things of God. We got to stay in our lane with, with what it is that he wants to do in our lives and not be, not be divided in, in, in our living. Too many Christians have too many options and it invites confusion. A couple years back, I was spending some time in prayer and, and, and I was reading the Bible and I was downstairs in, my, in the basement and you know, I just, I got, I had to go, I had to leave and so I got to the top of the steps. I'll never forget it because I walked up to the top of my steps and we have a dog gate and I put my hand on it and I was gonna open the gate and I just, I put my hand on there and I looked out the window and I said, Lord, you know, why, why do I not, I, I don't, I, I know this is the wrong word, but I don't feel like I'm hearing your voice and, and feel is okay. I just don't sense that I'm, I'm hearing your voice and, and so, he didn't, he didn't respond. I opened the gate and got my shoes on and I went off to work and I got to work and did some things and then I sat down I picked up this book and I was, uh, you know, how many of you guys have ever picked up a book? How, you guys pick up a book and you read a few chapters and you set it down and you never read it again? Yeah, that's me. I got a lot of books I'm reading. <laughs> and so I was like, well, I've, I've, I've you know, pat myself on the back. I've read three chapters. I'm gonna go to chapter four. <laughs> you know, you put a thing in there. I was like, no, you need to go to the beginning. So I was like, okay, well, I don't know what this is about. So I'll go to the beginning. The first chapter is on worry. And so I read this chapter and I realized that the Lord spoke to me through this, through that chapter. He said, that simple prayer at the top of the steps, why Lord, I'm, I, don't, I, I don't sense, I don't sense, not, not that I don't sense, it's just, it's not as clear. It's not as frequent. It's not, it's not, like it should be, like it was a few weeks back. <laughs> you know what I mean? And he's like, listen, man, you gotta, you gotta get rid of the worry. The worry, the worry is choking out. It says it right here, does it not? It says that it chokes out this seed in our lives, the worries of life, the lure of the wealth, the desire of other things, and it produces no fruit. It chokes out what it is. It chokes that, that seed. And so I think sometimes, you know, in our devotion, it's like, 
we don't think that anything is happening, but the seed of God's word is powerful. It will absolutely change our life. But if our life is filled with worry, anxiety, you know, the, 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 the things that, that are outlined in that verse, it, 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 it chokes the life out of that seed. It, it, and it makes it of no value. It makes it of no, it can't, it can't produce in our lives what we desire for it to, to produce. And so we just have to very, very, be very careful that we are not uh, uh, filling our life, filling our heart with the worries and the cares of this life. The lure of wealth is the deceit of riches, not riches. It doesn't say, it doesn't say that money, it says the deceit of money. The deceit of money or the lure of money. It could be money, it could be income, it could be what you own, it could be a position, a title, an abundance in life that's easy for people to think that they have power when they really don't. And, and, and what ends up happening is, is that, and in your notes, wealth and poverty don't create the heart, they reveal it. So, so you might be a person that you don't have a lot of money, but you're still a greedy person. You might have a lot of money, but you're still a one that, that keeps, keeps it. And you can look at your, you can look at your account in life, your natural money account, and it will tell the story as to the condition of your heart. And so we have to just be very, very careful that we're not led down that path where we get this pad in our lives. You know, man, if I got $10,000 or maybe it's $5,000 in my savings account, I'm good. Because we remove, we step into, out of a place of trusting God, Oh man, I'm good. I got money in the bank. I'm good. And, and, and we restrict. We're praying, God, I need more. God, I need more. And he's saying, you need to let go and trust me. You need to let go of the money that, that, that you do have because your trust is what's in the bank. Your trust is in what you have. He wants to do more things. And so, you know, for some, it could be $10,000. For some people, the deceit of riches could be million. It just, it just, what the, really the determining factor is, is where is your trust replaced? Where do you stop trusting God? And wherever that place is, is where you're going to be challenged and you're going to be tempted to, to be lured by wealth. True, spirit, true spirituality is the relationship of trust, not of what you own or don't own. And then last the desire of all other things. It's interesting when you look at this, he didn't even make a list. There's so many other things in life, guys, that are not even listed here that can come in and choke out the word of God in your life. It may not be worry, it may not be anxiety, it may not be the lure of other things, but it might be other things. And so we just have to ensure that we are not doing that. And then lastly, it's this good, good heart. Number four, the seed fell on good soil and it sprouted and grew, produced 30, 60, and 100 times what was planted. I want to, I want to, just as Proverbs said, what did it say? Above all else, I want to guard my heart. Why? Because it determines the course of my life. And not only that, when I guard my heart, man, my heart produces fruit. His word, when it's sowed on my life, whether it be through devotion or a small group or, or a service, man, it's going to produce a great harvest in my life. That's what I want for you. That's what he wants for you in this new year. You can do it, man. There's, there's things that you, you've been dealing with and I'm believing God with you. We're praying for you every week. Man, you're gonna move to new levels. You're gonna change. You're gonna be transformed. Some, some things that have been holding you back, they're gonna be removed and they're gonna be dissolved from your life. And so I just encourage you, man, just go home, begin to, to examine your heart, look to your heart, see what it is that you need to remove, see what it is that's choking the life of God's seed out of your life. And say, you know what? We're done with that. We're changing that, amen? Let's just pray over this, Father. Father, we come before you. We just thank you, Lord, for this word of God that's sown on our hearts. thank you for the work that you want to do in our lives this year. God, we know today you said it. Jesus said it to us. If we don't understand this, we can't understand anything. And so I just pray, Father God, for my family. Pray for my brothers and sisters in Christ, Lord, that 
You know, I know that the Holy Spirit's been speaking to them today. I know it. And Father, I just pray that they would make that adjustment, that they'd make that, that change, that they, 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 they'd do the work. They'd do the work to remove the rocks. They'd do the work to remove the weeds. They'd do the, the work to go to the word and get the promises and get, get the things, get the armor, get the, 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 the offense so that when the enemy comes, they can resist. I thank you for strengthening each and every one of us this, this year to move to a greater level, to move up in our thinking, to move up in our marriages, to move up in our families, to move up as a church, God. Father, there's gotta be room. We gotta move the stuff out of our heart that's in the way. If we really wanna produce if we really want to produce in this life, if we really want to produce as, as husbands and wives, if we really want to produce as a church, we got to move some stuff out. Eliminate it. Cut it off. Help us, God, to do that. We want to be about your business. And the only way we can be about your business is by doing these things individually. No one can do it for us. No one can do it for us. And so I just pray, young and old, spiritually young and spiritually old, I pray, God, that we would not resist this, that we would do it. I thank you that you're doing that in us, that you're creating in us, just as David prayed for, you're creating in us a clean heart of good soil, that together as a family, Lord, we are, we are full of your word, full of your life, full of your seed, influencing those closest to us and those that are far from us. That's our prayer. That's our desire. We don't want to get to the end of our lives and you reveal that our life was so full of other things that there was really no room for you. Help us. Strengthen us. Show us. Reveal to us your will, your plan, and your purpose for us. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I, don't, I wanna make sure that everybody in here knows heaven is their home. It's the most important thing that we do here, guys, is altar calls. In this year, altar calls are gonna be so serious because, guys, that's what this is all about. It's about people giving their heart to Christ. And people should be responding each and every Sunday. And so if you're that person and you don't know him as your Lord and Savior, and you can say by your uplifted hand, Brian, that's me, I don't know him, or I am far from him, you just need to raise up your hand and say, that's me. Pray with me, and we'll pray with you. Is there anybody in here? You're far from him, or you don't know him. Anybody at all? Anybody at all? All right, let's pray. Father, we come before you. Our desire, Father, is for the lost. And this year, there's going to become, there's gonna, there's gonna be an urgency in our hearts, an urgency, an urgency for those that are lost. All that we do, we will urgently be looking It's not okay. It's not okay to dismiss it as nothing because it's not. It is something. That's what you put us on the earth for, to be salt and to be light to those that are around us. And so God, I just pray that as we leave this place, it'll burn in us. It'll burn in our hearts 
this urgency for the lost. God, may we have a compassion, the compassion of you everywhere that we go, in everything that we do. Don't let us live our lives for ourselves, but in boldness, help us to step forward and speak into people's lives, loving them, caring for them, showing them compassion, encouraging them, praying for them so that they might know you as their Lord and Savior. This harvest is great, the labors are few, and so Father, we pray. We pray for those labors. We pray, Lord, that we would be those labors. Be those labors, be those labors. It's what this is all about. We are not going to be found doing nothing. We're gonna be found doing your business, doing your work, and seeing people brought into the kingdom of God. And I thank you for helping us to do that in this new year. I thank you, Father God, for helping us to do the hard work that might be hard work. But Lord, we know that as a result, there'll be a great, great harvest in our own life and in the world around us. We thank you, Father, for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Isn't he good? Amen. He's good. His mercy endures forever. It's going to be a great year, folks. We're going to get it done. We're going to reach people. We're going to expand our influence. We're going to see people brought to Christ. We're going to see people freed. We're going to see the captive freed. But guess what? It takes all of us. It takes all of us doing the work, doing the work. Listen, you got everything you need inside of you. Everything. Don't let the devil tell you you ain't got what it takes. He did that to me for years. He doesn't want to see the law saved. So he will tell you that you don't have what it takes. But the seed that's on the inside of you has the power to change that person's life. You just have to take a step. Live your life out loud. Amen? God's good. I blame my mom for this emotional crying. (laughs) My mom's a crier. I'm a crier. My wife's a crier. It's all good. God's good, isn't he? Listen, stand up. Greet those that are around you. We love you guys. We'll see you back here Wednesday night. It's going to be a great year. Have a great afternoon, and we'll see you on Wednesday.